Welcome to Mortification of Spin, the casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. This is a social distancing edition of the podcast. We are recording a batch today remotely from home. I am wearing my uh, special social distancing shirt with advice from Jack Burton. It's all in the reflexes. Somebody told me on Twitter when I posted that, and I'm Amy Bird, by the way, with my co-hosts, Todd Pruitt and Carl Truman. Someone replied, who's Jack Burton? And I couldn't believe it. Well, explain. Jack Burton is only the character in the most important movie ever, Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> I mean, everybody. I, I cannot movie. believe. Yes. Kurt Russell. That goes back to oh, that's 1980. Oh, oh, we're immediately talking quality. That, that's late. Major that's late quality, Carl. Russell. Yes. Kurt Russell's married to Goldie Hawn. That's the only thing I know about. <laughs> I don't think they ever married, but that's yeah, another I don't program. Think they got married, yeah. That's another program. I grew up watching Rona Martin's Laughing or reruns, and she was kind of she was the she was the, the alpha girl. female. Uh-huh. She was yeah. very beautiful. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. there you go, beautiful, beautiful. And so, and that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. No, but I thought you know maybe we could just kick off asking. Hey, Todd and I, I want to talk about Goldie Hawn. Well, oh, I'm sure my you goodness, do, but we're not going to. <laughs> so I was going to share. I thought you know, there's all kinds of funny tweets and memes and and all about this this coronavirus and i i thought i found a funny christian reformedish one uh by matthew wilcoxon he said zwinglians be like can't you just remember taking communion uh, uh, <laughs> see there you very go using a little theological humor theological yeah. humor that's very that. impressive that's Our very dark impressive days of uh you know virtual church right now well, I, I, through this, I think I have found a new calling, actually. Uh, and, and it just really occurred to me this morning. I was watching something on uh, television earlier this morning, and there was a guest on a particular news chat program. And I'd never heard of him before, but he was touted as a, quote, mental toughness expert. Nice. And I thought, now, how do you become a mental toughness expert? Like, I want to be one of those. That? Well, I've decided I am one now. You're one? Uh, how are I, you one? I just decided I was going to be one. And so from this point <laughs> on, in addition to being a pastor, I am also a mental toughness expert. This wow. guy's name wasn't Rusty Reno, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. But, but I, I, do, I, do want, I do want to make my services available uh, to churches out there, particularly large churches that pay exorbitant honorariums. I am a mental toughness expert. Okay. I'm and happy I've got to, a tip for you. Yeah. It's all in the reflexes. Okay, and I'll, I will quote Jack Burton, so I can put that. <laughs> I can put that down. In fact, probably what I need to do is is um, curate an entire catalog of Kurt Russell quotes. Ah, Pork Chop Express movies. has it all um, for you. Um, yeah, the thing. He's got some good lines in the thing. I uh, 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 escape <laughs> from New York. Escape from New York. He's got some great I lines. I guess we can add some of his other. Movies. So, so that's going to be a part of that. I hope the listeners are listening. I just can't get the staff these days. Good, <laughs> <laughs> thing. Big trouble in. Small China or whatever. Little, little China. Little China. Oh, come on. 
have one, Carl. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. My favorite meme is the Chuck Norris one that apparently Chuck Norris has tested positive for the coronavirus and the virus is now in isolation for right. two weeks. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. you're, if you're a mental toughness expert, yeah. you're like the psychological equivalent of Chuck Norris. Is there you go. Saying? There you go. I have a, a Chuck Norris attitude. No, that is um, hilarious. So I consult. I also speak uh, to groups. And, do you mime uh, or do liturgical dance? Can- no, because that's not <laughs> mentally tough. <laughs> um, that, and, and so, but, but I, I will consult and I will speak and um, I'll draw up an action plan uh, for your organization on how you can become more mentally tough. So it's out there. Okay. Uh, Amy, you've, you've mentioned the fact that we are social distancing today. We had yes. planned on being together uh, uh, in Frederick, Maryland originally, but uh, mm-hmm. the, the current crisis has caused us to do this remotely. Um, obviously, the whole situation with um, uh, COVID is, uh, is uppermost in people's minds. Uh, so let's, uh, let's talk about that a little bit, particularly as it relates to you know, the impact on, on the church, our fellowship, church, our worship, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, so what... What are we missing when we have oh, to wow. do this virtual church? I know yeah. A lot of churches are you know, obviously not able to meet mm-hmm. and like, different states have different restrictions, I guess. Right. How are we doing church yeah. <laughs> and, what, and what are we missing? I think one of the things we're missing, it's, <clears throat> it's hard to articulate, but it's nonetheless real. And that is bodily interaction with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, an awful lot of, uh, uh, of human life involves actually being with real people, mm-hmm. uh, actually reading signs from faces. It involves body language. It involves an interaction that is very, very hard to, well, it, no, it's not hard. It's impossible to achieve mediated through, through uh, a screen. Uh, so I think one of, the, one of the key things we, we miss just in general is you know, human beings are bodily creatures, our embodiment is important, Mm -hmm. and our embodiment in church is important as well. Church isn't just uh, what you're hearing from the pulpit, it's also the (laughs) Lord's Supper. Church isn't just the Lord's Supper, it's also the people you're sitting next to on the pew, the people you're talking to after the service. Uh, I think that in an appropriate sense, that social aspect of the church. I don't mean social as in having fun when you get together, but actually being a society of bodies is something that's very, very important. It really puts the lie to Gnosticism, doesn't it? Yes. Um, And and shows that uh, our embodiedness um, is is not a necessary evil. It's actually a positive good. Um, And as much as sin has been attached to it since the fall, we nevertheless are reminded in times like this that there is an essentially good thing to being embodied people and and what we gain from one another uh, through that reality. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, our uh, our hope is enfleshed. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a real eschatological component to this. Yeah, we're going to be together embodied for eternity. There's a yes. resurrection coming. First Corinthians 15, the, the, the hope is a resurrected um, eternity. And so, so what we get intimations from, what, what, what whets our appetite in this life from the goodness of being with each other as embodied individuals um, is actually a signpost to the, to the greatness of, of that eternal reality in the presence of the Lord as embodied people with one another. Uh, right. uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, the new heaven and the new earth is going to be a, from what we can tell, a very social, if you like, mm-hmm. reality. We're going to be with <clears throat> each other and see each other and touch each other. Yeah. I believe in the communion of the saints. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm reading a fascinating book at the moment by the philosopher Mark Dooley, 
who's a good friend of the late, great Roger Scruton, called Moral Matters. And he's analyzing there what he calls Siberia, C-Y-B-E-R-I-A, which is how human life is being transformed by being mediated through technology. And it's not a it's not a pretty account he gives yeah. at all. Right. And I think the, the, you know, one of the, is it a danger or is it a lack? It's, it's that real community mm-hmm. that if this continues, you know, if it continues for a month, that's, we can manage that. Right. Two months will be hard. Two months abstracted from one's church community in a physical sense. That will take its toll. That mm-hmm. will take its toll on us, I think, in, in ways that we perhaps can't even articulate at this right. particular point in time. I've been in the song songs a lot lately and I think that, you know, the song shows us the importance of our hope being in flesh and that Mm -hmm. intimacy uh, with Christ and and Mm -hmm. one another. And right now I just do feel like the bride in the song in a lot of ways, just kind of waiting Mm -hmm. and longing to cling to Christ and to one another. We're, um, we're one of those churches, I would imagine, of the majority of churches that have the last two Sundays and for the few weeks ahead, from what we can tell, um, has had to cancel our services. And, and, you know, and so what we do is we, we, we record, uh, video record and audio record um, the sermon and, and a few songs and some prayers. But one of the things I've been careful to point out to our, to our people these last two weeks is that this is, I personally don't call it a worship service. Um, it's it's a it's a sermon recorded. It's some songs recorded. It's some prayers recorded. Um, but I think that there is something um, essentially. There's something fundamentally communal about uh, a worship service, a service of worship that that you can't do virtually. Now I'm thankful for the technology. I'm glad we can do what mm-hmm. what we're doing in the time being. And I think that we were absolutely right to cancel services. I think we were right to do that in terms of honoring uh, the civil authorities and also. Um, honoring the sixth commandment to look over and watch over and guard the life of, of our brothers and sisters. So I, I, I don't have any quote regrets for that. I think it's the right decision, but it's been very clear um, what we lose, even in the preaching itself. I've, I've found that, that preaching mm-hmm. is not something you can really do well apart from it being in the physical company of other people, because it is a, even though it's not a dialogue back and forth, there is a back and forthness to it yes, in absolutely. terms of really communicating with the people that are there in front of you, the people that you know, the people that you uh, walk with through life, the people that you sit with in tragedies and celebrate with in, in, in victories. When they are absent, it's really hard to preach. Yeah, yeah. preaching is a personal action. Yes. Like, like, I mean, I'm lecturing online at the moment for Grove. Mm-hmm. Lecturing is a personal action as well because you, you see the student. You intuitively make judgments based right. on the expressions on their face or their body language as to whether they're tracking with you, whether they're not, whether you need to explore something more mm-hmm. thoroughly. I think that the uh, you know, dialogue, as you say, is probably not, certainly for preaching, more for teaching perhaps that works, yeah. but certainly for preaching, dialogue is not the best way of thinking of it right but there is a, a kind of proclamation and response right. element there and also as you know Todd a lot of preaching is uh, I've got up into the pulpit on more than one occasion intending to say one thing and I've seen a particular person and yes. I know what they've been through that week and I'm thinking no that will if I say this it will crush them or that right. application needs to be softened or maybe yeah. that application needs to be pushed a bit harder mm-hmm. precisely because that person's there uh, the the abstract way of, uh, of teaching to a screen really hinders that kind of yes. 
what would one call it, uh, homiletic sensitivity or mm-hmm. charismatic sensitivity, but that kind of little bit of back and forth. Right. Yeah, I think in the whole, the whole liturgy of the whole worship service, definitely too, because as a congregant, as a layperson, what I'm missing, you know, and we've been doing live, virtual, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, like you said, Todd, we need to be careful maybe calling it a worship service. Yeah. But, um, you know, so we're coming together as a family on Sunday morning and watching this, but it's not, even though it's encouraged right. to, to be participatory, it's not the same. Right. And right. you're not really, that, you're missing that yeah. participatory mm-hmm. and that reciprocity mm-hmm. between um, call and response. Right. You know, even uh, standing together to sing yeah. um, and hearing the other voices, mm-hmm. singing to the Lord, singing also to you uh, right. in, in encouragement and right. exhortation. And there, there is reciprocity even in uh, listening to, a, to the Word, sitting under the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, we're active listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we might not be in a dialogue. We're actively... There is a... Yeah, and, 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 a, and the preacher... Uh, you know, a preacher really senses that. A preacher knows when, when he's I'm, preaching so to people he knows in a congregation. Yeah. So do the congregants. Right. right. So um, you well, don't have that that human intimacy of right. eye contact and reading the body language and just uh, presence. Right. Let me ask this. Let me ask this. Um, uh, Lord's Supper. Uh, communion. Right. What are your thoughts about uh, doing uh, the Lord's uh, Supper churches virtually? Doing virtual I, in the PCA, I saw. I know, and I've <laughs> been, I've just, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll show my cards. I'm again it. Um, I'm not in favor of, <laughs> of, of, of virtual uh, communion because there's yeah. no such thing as virtual communion. <laughs> I've seen that there are some PCA churches that are doing it, and I don't know whether to be surprised or not, but yeah. It seems to me a pointless exercise unless you're there. Right. If you say to me, well, we've got people in the PCA, a group have gathered together, a minister, a couple of elders, and some congregants, right. and they've had the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. That would strike me as, as not intrinsically wrong. It may be a lot to be doing it outside of the congregation. Right. You know, typically, a lot of congregations will, will have that facility anyway for shut-ins, shut-ins who, who can't get out, people who are housebound, or maybe even people who are in hospital. or right. in a, And we're kind of in that situation right now, in yeah. a sense. But but I think that the key is that the shut-in is not watching it on TV. Right. The shut-in is actually taking it. So it seems to me that what you do at that point is you make the Lord's Supper a performance and mm-hmm. you know watching the performance of the Lord's Supper. What benefit does that bring to those who are not partaking of it? I, right. I don't and, think it really brings any benefit at all. Right. And and what, what's happened apparently is that the churches that are doing this, the ones that I know of, they have you have wine and bread at home. And you do oh, it virtually that mm. way. Now, again, yeah. I'm still not in favor of yeah. it because yeah. it's just, uh, you know, communion. Uh, we call it communion yeah. be- because yeah. there is this yeah. full, you know, we're together as a body. Yeah. Um, and so I, w- I would love for PCA churches to not do that. Well, there's no, there can be no proper fencing at the table in that situation, nope. of course. Though, I mean, I'd want to stress at this point that in, in, in making these criticisms, I'm not imputing wrong motives nope. to these. It seems to me that this kind of thing is, is, almost certainly being done because people want to do the best for their people. Absolutely. I think it's wrong-headed myself, but mm-hmm. it's certainly not. I, I wouldn't say that this is sinful. 
yeah. uh, in some kind of way that requires uh, church discipline or, church or, that discipline kind of thing, or action on the God. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it, it's an opportunity to teach about the nature of the Lord's Supper and why we're not doing this. Although, Carl, I would say uh, the, the, the one um, hypothetical that, that you raised about, you know, some elders being together with a few members of the church, that kind of thing, I think would be uh, certainly uh, uh, acceptable at this time for, for the same reasons, again, you know, that we do communion that way yeah. with, with shut-ins. So, w- it's an extraordinary time. But, but doing it virtually like that, I, th- I think, misses uh, some of the significance of, of the event itself. Yeah. I also wonder, even with visiting and, and doing it physically, with small groups, just the attachment of communion, Lord's Supper to, to the word, you know? Yeah. It's to be done under the preaching of the word. And so like when I, when I do communion with a shut in or somebody at, at a uh, assisted living facility, um, we always take a time where I will read a portion of the Bible and then, and then, Mm -hmm. Yeah. do a, a small, you know, <laughs> yeah, follow, follow your normal liturgy, follow whatever your book of church order says. Exactly. I, I, I give a, a, a small homily on, mm-hmm. on a passage of scripture because, because again, the Lord's Supper is done under the, the preaching, the proclamation of, of the word. Um, the, the Lord's Supper is not a magical thing. We're not practicing the Roman mass. That's a good segue, of course, in the fact that the coronavirus is, is making Roman Catholics Lutherans. Exactly. Uh, you know, I've noticed my, that. My friend Rusty Reno is, you know, he's, he's valiantly flying the flag for <laughs> traditional Catholicism on those things. But, but bottom line is, you know, Luther for the win at this point. Indeed. You know, if, if, if you can take mass virtually, if you can confess your sins directly to God, mm-hmm. Luther wins, and I come on I think, over. Yeah, yeah, and a, and a very sharp guy like Rusty or you know Matt Schmitz, first things they know that, and mm-hmm. I think that's in the background of a right. lot of what they're thinking and writing right. about because they yeah. know this is essentially conceding ground to late medieval voluntarism and paving right. the way for the uh, the Reformation. Exactly. So, you know, if there's a silver lining in all this. Luther wins. Right. And, and for those out there who don't know, uh, Rusty Reno is, is the top dog over at First Things, which is a journal we love. Uh, Carl Truman is, is one of the, uh, uh, the honorary uh, Presbyterians over there who they allow to write some things to get, to get the enemy's perspective. But uh, uh, Reno has been a guest on our program before. Yeah. He writes He's a good very guy. helpfully. Rusty is yep. a good guy. But, but he has been in hot water, which I rather think he enjoys. Over the fact <laughs> that he has been very critical of the of the Roman Church for canceling yeah. Mass, and and again, yeah. uh, people got very angry with him about that. But but he's simply trying to be a consistent Roman Catholic, and you can't miss the Mass, and the Mass yeah. cannot be done yeah. Yeah. Uh, virtually. You've got to yeah. be there to receive it from the priest. The priest has to be there to to uh, to hold up the host to 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 pronounce hocus corpus meum. All of those yeah. things have to happen. Or as yeah. you said, we might as well be Protestants. But I think he's also doing a bit more than that as well. And this would be an interesting thought experiment for Protestants at this point. Mm-hmm. If this was happening 30 years ago, when we couldn't have met online, right. when oh. we couldn't have come up with a, you know, a second rate, but still a substitute of right. some kind, what would we do? Would we just say, hey, okay, well, church doesn't matter for two, three months. Yeah. Do yeah, we, we would not have we done just that. read a sermon on a Sunday. What would uh, I think? Reno's ra- he's raising the serious point of at what point do the demands of of our health, mm-hmm. if you like, uh, at what point 
do they take second place to the demands of Christian obedience relative yeah. to worship? And, and that's not just a Catholic, you know, it's particularly acute for Catholics because of the mass and the right. sacramental nature of right. Catholicism. But I think that's a serious question for Protestants mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I think... Do not forsake the giving, you know, of meeting the gathering, together. Yeah. Somewhere in the, and in the ancient world, 10. you know, epidemiology was crazy in the ancient world. You right. catch anything all the time. Right. And, and I think what's interesting here is the reason why Protestants, why, why we can be fairly patient at this time, is that we know we're not going to be doing this a year from now. We know we're not going to be doing this six months from now. I mean, most of the forecasts now, even some of the original um, ones who were very panicked by this are saying, mm, you know what, we might have ratcheted this up. To, to The point being, I wonder what we would be doing us protestants if if there really was the prospect of this lasting a year yeah 18 months i I have a feeling we would we would do something to try to accommodate and i think rightly so yeah some sort of a physical gathering somehow some way we would yeah maybe the elder led small gatherings and we would do something i'm i'm quite sure well of course a lot of states as, as i understand it and this is the case thing in pennsylvania at the moment and i'm in one of the counties which last night we were put on a stay-at-home order mm-hmm. but there are religious exemptions you know the, it, yes. it's interesting that the the states have been very respectful actually mm-hmm. of religion in, a, in an almost unexpected way to me that they uh, maybe they just don't want a slew of first amendment lawsuits or something but i think that's probably the, it yeah but there has been a a, a religious exemption Mm-hmm. which a lot of churches, I think, rightly have chosen not to avail themselves yes. of. Yes. But it, it is interesting that, that, that religion has been respected at this point, even if, as, as, as you and I both, as we all think, it's probably just a fear of laws mm-hmm. driving. Yeah, and, and I would hope, you know, I mean, this isn't always the case, but you would hope that at least some of our legislators, either national yeah. or local, actually do take the Constitution seriously and yeah. think that, yeah. that something very serious has to happen before they actually suspend uh, the Bill of Rights. And, and we would want to applaud yeah, that. Although the, there is a, something in the Constitution about the right to public assembly, isn't there? Which is yes. conditioned in the way that the various it, laws are being imposed at the moment. Exactly. And I think the way it's going right now is people is people are agreeing to be polite and not ask. Um, well, people uh, don't want to catch the questions. plague. I mean, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and can I just say that, that in a sane world, this would lay waste. Uh, to the faith healers and the prosperity preachers out there. If there were any sanity in the church in America today, it would lay waste to all of that nonsense. But unfortunately, it's not going to. Well, I was reading one church. I don't know if this is the one in Louisiana or not. Louisiana. Where they're passing around the healing handkerchief. Oh, I don't know about and that. I don't that might of be the all things. Yeah, that's yeah. a fake. I, I own, <laughs> I own, I own the healing handkerchief. It's in the drawer back of <laughs> my office, and that's a fake. Is that like the holy hand grenade of Antioch? <laughs> So you're passing the germs around on a handkerchief. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know that 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 Pentecostal church in Louisiana that was uh, close to a thousand, and they were continuing to meet. Now uh, a number of the folks have been diagnosed. I know. uh, I mean, it's really bad there. there. Yeah, Yeah, but but that's what you expect because where you have most of the truth, that's where you expect 
most of the satanic attacks. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why. That's why. There's all, no, there's always a rationale in these groups yeah. to explain yeah. very why much things so. don't happen the way the way they say. Yeah, they yeah very much so. Um, I remember hearing Joel Osteen one time. Who, by the way, um, uh, Lakewood Church in Houston has canceled their services. Yeah. But Joel it's, Osteen, it's your, your best life in three months or six months' time. <laughs> now, to change the title. Of the yeah. I remember Joel Osteen talking about the fact that uh, you should never use the word cancer because if you use the word cancer, you're speaking that power into existence and you can get it well that's just typical kind of classic word faith theology but again what typical we need, critical theory as well actually <laughs> what we need for these people to do is is to is to chase this uh this spirit of covid out of our country but apparently they're not able to do that so mm-hmm. one of our local pastors met last week and tried to do that and he was i don't know if plague shame is a term but he was so <laughs> plague shamed on local media they've gone online this week <laughs> He needs, oh, to, nice. he needs to give Rusty Reno a call. We could have this interesting Pentecostal Roman mm-hmm. Catholic. Oh, that would be great. Uh, yeah. yeah. That would be an interesting dialogue. That would, yeah. that would be, um, that would I don't be know, a like a, another element to it. Like I was thinking this past Sunday, the casualness of doing this virtual service mm-hmm. bothers me. I mean, you know, people get upset about whether or not you dress up for church or not to begin with. But, you know, I still wanted to tell my family, like my kids, look, Change out of your pajamas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> We're still coming, like, in a sense, you know, before a, the Lord. And even something you think of or you don't think of on a normal Sunday for worship is just like our posture mm-hmm. um, before the Lord. Because, you yeah. know, you're just kind of reclining there watching mm-hmm. this thing on, on mm-hmm. your TV now. Yeah. Um, and, se- you know, we're not sitting up. Yeah. Suddenly, suddenly at that point, it's no longer a sermon. It's a, uh, it, it's, it's a helpful, you know, helpful tips for living or something at that point. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Or you're just, you're not thinking of yourself as participatory in mm-hmm. it. Um, so you're just reclining and you're, you're more comfortable and you're in your socks and, you yeah. know, just things like that. Um, that's really Could, bothering me. Katrina, right and I, yeah. Katrina and I still dressed up for church last week, even though it was virtual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're actually during the day. I'm still dressing reasonably smart to teach online. I, I think that's a. Good, it's actually not a bad psychological discipline. During right, this right. Don't let yourself go to seat. Mm-hmm. Keep a routine. Well, I, still I think that applies to church. Right. Spades. I don't really normally make breakfast for the family on weekdays at all because everybody's going at different times, and I am packing yeah. lunches. But um, you don't peel potatoes either. But that's another subject. Yeah, you know that's totally out of the question. <laughs> but um, you know I. I made breakfast, you know, just trying to Mm -hmm. still make Mm -hmm. it a thing. I don't know. You're a good woman, Amy. I am. I am so All of the radical radical feminist, (laughs) (laughs) post-constructuralist rhetoric you use at heart, you're just uh, a good... You're just an old-fashioned woman. I'm a traditionalist. You can come and do my my dusting for me anytime. (laughs) Preach preach what you want. Preach what you practice, yeah. bird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, all I would say, just as one final thing, if people had taken my wisdom years ago, hugging is murder. It's bad. We wouldn't yeah. be in uh, the state we're see, in that's now. We miss from church right now too, Carl. Oh. No, that's that's the real advantage of being online. I don't have to touch other people. You know, no signs of affection to other people. And Indeed. my wife doesn't hang around talking for an hour and a half. There you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, as we wrap this up, we'd like to thank you for joining us for this discussion of. Uh, virtual church during a time of plague. Uh, please, if you uh, have any time on your hands at the moment, uh, go to our website, mortificationofspin.org. Uh, check out the resources there. Uh, enter for a chance to win 
Some kind of premium that I've not yet heard <laughs> 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 healing handkerchief. Yeah, we, we yeah, we're a holy hand grenade of Antioch. A healing handkerchief and ten sheets of toilet paper. We're willing to throw those in as a, as a luxury. And uh, feel free as well to, to make a donation to keep this virtual edification online during this very dark time. In the meantime, we look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. We'll talk to you next time on Mortification of Spin. talk about how great it is to have Todd as a friend. You know, I can't do this when he's here because it would embarrass him. But, you know, uh, aren't you listeners just envious? Oh, man. We, get, we get direct access we, we to the get man. To, we get to Unlike know the guy. Yeah. You, got, you get to know the, the, the yeah. man. You know, I'll tell you, it's, it's the man behind the, the myth. Man, the, the myth behind the myth. Yeah. <laughs> the myth behind the myth. <laughs> oh, my gosh.